0: All right, where am I? Okay, four things. Four things at my local church. I'm going to pastor my local church until God brings me a Ben uh, or a a Casey. I'm just keeping doing that. I love that. I love my church family. Number two, Agua Resources. I just love doing that. I love bringing fresh water to the people of Mexico and and, and, uh, just uh, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And number three, uh, this is the third thing that I do, encourage the body of Christ at large as the Lord opens the door of opportunity. I'm doing that today, and I, it just lights my fire. And then number four, spend as much time with family and friends as possible. That's what I do, nothing more, nothing less, and so all of those are important. I used to not do the last one very well because I was so busy doing something else, but I'm just trying to balance my world a little bit today. Uh, and so there I am. I, so I, I feel great about where I'm, where I'm at right now. I'm uh, yesterday uh, yeah, yesterday was Sunday, so I was with my church family. The week before that, I was in Mexico. Here I am now with you, uh, and uh, I've got friends and family all around me. Life is good. Turn around, and give somebody a fist bump, and say, "Life is good. That's good. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, this morning, uh, uh, it's still this 26 minutes. It's still morning. Hallelujah. If you're in Isaiah 43, I didn't tell you to turn there, but if you happen to accidentally be there, there's a passage of Scripture that I talked about last night. He said, don't remember the former things, verse 18, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'll do a new thing. Everybody say new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Say spring forth. And, and he says, uh, shall you not know it? Everyone say, shall you not know it? Now, where were these guys at? They were in Babylonian captivity. And, and so, uh, how many of you know they could have used a new thing? Uh, but he challenged them prophetically with the question, shall you not know it? And I have a perception and kind of a thought in my mind that, that it's if we're not careful, God can do something right in front of us and we miss the whole thing. Because we're distracted by other things. And so it's important for us. So I have a big question, shall you not know it? Tell some ask somebody, shall you not know it? I don't in 2020 I don't want to wake up and go, gosh, I miss did I miss something? I don't want to look back next year and go, gosh, everything was just the same old, same old, and I missed it. I don't want to miss that which God has a desire to spring forth in my life. And so uh, if we're not careful, many times other things uh, distract us and keep us away from the new thing that God has for us. And so we've got to be careful. Our capacity to perceive properly can be polluted by other things. Luke chapter 9, verse 62, and as you can tell, I don't have a PowerPoint. I left my charger from my laptop at home. And so you don't know if I'm hitting it right or not. I'm feeling kind of frisky. Luke chapter 9, verse 62, this kind of alarms me. Jesus, in reference to discipleship, yeah, come on with me now. I'm done with that part. There we go. Frisky. I remember you talking about being frisky. Don't remember that. Luke 9:62. Jesus said, no one. Everybody say, no one. No one, having put his hand to the plow, comma, and looking back. Everyone say, looking back. Is fit for the kingdom of God. That alarms me. Yeah, let's be honest. You want to don't nobody lie in church. How many have ever looked back? Alarms me. No one having put his hand to the plow and having looked back. And in ministry, I just think of many times where I've got distracted in life and look back, look left, look right. And and, and when I'm plowing, how many of you know if you're plowing and you're looking all around, nothing's straight. Nothing's right. Nothing works. And I've realized through life that there are other things that distract us from God's thing, from the new thing, for, the, for what He wants us to accomplish in life, things that gain our focus, things that gain our attention. And so throughout life, we've got to always uh, uh, reassess who we are, where we are, and whether or not we're looking forward. And so very quickly, and I think I can do this very quickly, let me just tell you about some other things that, that try to gain our attention in life and, 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 and get us uh, out of focus with the thing that he has for us. And so I just came to kind of, you know, this, this scripture in Luke 9 alarms me. So I just came to tell you there's some things that if you're looking around and you're getting distracted, they could really get you off course in a hurry. Number one, if you're not careful, you'll get focused on the same thing. That's really the same thing. It's really where where, where the the prophet said, don't remember the former things. How many of you know the former things are the same thing? If all we want to do, in fact, a lot of people, a lot of ministry, we're trying to get it just the way we want it. Ooh, if I can get this, that, and then, man, don't mess it up. I got it just like I wanted. It's like the comfort zone. How many of you have ever been uh, out of your comfort zone? Well, you're in the will of the Lord then. Hallelujah. Because that's where God wants us, on the front lines of new things, not just the same thing. I love what Isaiah 42, 16 says. He said, I'll bring the blind by a way they did not know. I will lead them in paths they have not known. That's what God wants to do for us in 2020. He wants to take you boldly where no man has gone before. Was that Star Trek or something? And so we've got, to, we've got to guard against the same thing. Let me tell you something. The comfort zone of sameness is actually the landing zone of lameness. And so you're not careful, the old thing. That's why he said, forget about it. Everybody say, forget about it. Hey, look forward. You keep looking back thinking, man, you're not fit. Ooh, that? did not that just kind of, ooh. So we gotta, we've got to guard against the same thing. Number two from Isaiah, we've got to guard against the selfish thing. Man, in ministry, if you're not careful, it can you can wake up one day and it's all about you. You know, I, when I when I transitioned from pastoring in Quitman, Texas, to Beaumont, Texas, my last Sunday there, twelve people joined the church. I introduced the new pastor, and twelve people joined the church. They're just waiting. I realize this ain't about me. (laughs) Isaiah 42, he introduces the great servant. Speaking of Jesus, he says, Behold the servant of the Lord. Uh, Behold my servant who I am upholding." He's talking about Jesus. But then when you go on down, Isaiah 43, he shifts gears. Now the servant is saying, verse 10, You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. So we understand something. It's not about us and the future and the destiny of God. If we're not careful, we'll get to focus on uh, me, myself, and I, and us and ours and this and that rather than what does God want me to do and where does God want me to go. It's not about me. It's not about you. It involves me and you, Paul, doesn't it? But it's not about us, for goodness sakes. So we've got to guard against the same thing and the selfish thing. In fact, what did Jesus say? He said, Don't lay up to yourself treasures on earth. We're moth, moth, moss, moss. That's probably true too. Moth and rust destroy. But lay up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven. Are you with me? Say amen. And then, of course, number three, these folks in Isaiah understood this. You've got to be careful. If you're not careful in this endeavor to pursue, the new thing god has for you you can get distracted not only by the same thing and the selfish thing but that old sinful thing who that hides around every corner every corner the sinful thing. And that's what had gotten them there in Babylonian captivity in the first place. And God shows up and says, hey, I'm going to deal with the sinful thing. You could read it in Isaiah 43, 25, and 26. I'm going to fix that. But you've got to watch. Hey, how many of you know, be careful little eyes, want you? In fact, the first original sin was a sin of the eye. Eve looked and said, oh, she saw that it was good. It was desirable to make one wise. And so, hey, in this endeavor to get into the middle of God's purpose and plan, be careful, little eyes, what you see, because the sinful thing. Jesus said this in Luke 11. He said, the lamp of the body is the eye. And if your eye is good, then your whole body's good. But if your eye is bad, it pollutes the whole thing. And so, we've got to guard our hearts in, in this endeavor to... Put our hand to the plow. If we're not careful, the same thing, the sinful thing, the the selfish thing can come in and distract us and get away and pollute the process of the purposes of God in our life. And then number four, what what if we're not careful? If it's not the sinful thing, it's the sorrowful thing. The pains of our heart. How many of you know personally what I'm talking about? We've all experienced heartbreaks in ministry and losses in life, and the children of Israel were in Babylonian captivity, for goodness sake. But it's interesting to me that what begins to happen when 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 the word of the Lord comes to them, He's beginning to lift them up out of the sorrow of their moment, and He's beginning and, and His first real instruction is, "Hey, let's have a song service. You people need to get out of this." We need to have a song service. We need to get beyond this moment and come to a place where we realize hey, there is a future and a destiny. He is the Lord of glory, and He does have the capacity to turn our mourning into joy. Somebody say, Amen. Who was that used to say that? Anybody remember? Shambok. Anybody remember Shambok? Somebody shout, Amen. Somebody. Whew. And if you went forward, uh, it just gets better. Isaiah 53 surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. A sorrowful thing. You can't let it. Get you to a place where it distracts you from the new thing God has for you. I came to tell you, weeping may endure for the night. Come on, somebody. The joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. I know it's a process, but you keep walking the process. And then finally, the shameful thing. How many have ever, ever told your kids, shame on you? I said, come on, everybody. How many of you ever, shame on you? No, 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 no. no. Shame on Jesus. He took our shame. Tell us about it. He took our shame. How many have ever blown it really bad? Have you ever, how many of you ever looked in the mirror and go, you shh, yeah. yeah. S- yeah. stupid. Yeah. Some of y'all have nervous laughter. Yeah. And you feel shame. He took our shame. So we could get up, dust ourselves off, get our eyes, get our hands back on the plow. Straighten up. Everybody say straighten up. Get our eyes back on Jesus. Isaiah 42, I love this one. It says, a bruised reed he will not break. Have you ever been bruised, battered, and scarred? In fact, I learned something in Mexico. It's mango. It's always mango season in Mexico, but there's mangoes. I was in the capital of mango. I mean, uh, last week, and mangoes are everywhere. But my friend there, I said, "Now, how do they pick them? I mean, because they're they're just scads of them." And he was telling me. I said, "Do they wait till they fall?" He said, "No, no, no, no." If a mango falls to the ground, it's no good. It's done. We don't use those. Man, I thought about this verse. I said, "I've fallen to the ground. Whew. I've been all bruised up, battered, and scarred." You know what? Jesus, I, let me. Hey, who? Hey. You ever been to H-E-B and go, man, I want all the bruised avocados I can scrape up in here. Go over to the fruit section. Whoo, those bruised bananas are the bomb. Nobody goes for the bruised. Jesus does. I'm getting all emotional here for some reason. He said, I'll take you. I don't care how shameful you feel about having fallen to the ground and can't get up. I'll take you. And I won't break you. I'll heal you up, help you, get you back on track, get your hands back on the plow, get your eyes back on me. Amen. In fact, if you look at Isaiah 42, verse 17, it says, They shall be turned back, who trust in carved images, who say to their molded images, You are our gods. And he says about them, well, they shall be turned back, who, they shall be greatly ashamed, I missed the key line, Because my ears, my eyes are all teared up here. They shall be greatly ashamed who trust in carved images. Who say to the molded images, you are God. See, unless you turn completely away from him. And start trusting in something other than him. You never have a reason to be ashamed. Because he took our shame. He picked up the bruised fruit. How many of you look at your life and say, man, I'm a bruised banana? I tell you, I just bruised. Busted. Messed up. You see, if we focus on the same thing, the selfish thing, the sinful thing, the sorrowful thing, the shameful thing, it will just distract us. And probably ultimately destroy us and keep us from the new thing that He has for us. Everybody say it's time to plow. It's time to plow. So if it's time to plow, there's something new coming, and we've got to get fixed here. We've got to, and in fact, hey, how many of you look look at your world and say, man, there's some things I need to fix. I need to get this fixed. Don't deny it. Just get it fixed. Let Jesus come in and help you and fix you and restore you and heal you and help you and get you back on track. You've been plowing crooked for way too long. Turn to Luke 17. Believe it or not, I'm going to close. Luke 17 Y'all don't believe me. I hear snickering in the cl- in the crowd. I read this the other day. It it blew me away. I for, just for me, I'm just gonna frisbee it out for you this morning. It's all about the coming of the kingdom. He says this. Verse 20, now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here, see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. You like that? Say amen. Then he said to his disciples, he turns to his disciples, and that's you and me, hopefully. The day, now catch what he says. This is what, when I read this, these are one of those verses I just kind of go by. He said, the days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man and you will not see it. You know what he's basically saying? There's gonna come a day, guys, when you're gonna look back and you go, man, I wish it was like when Jesus was here. Oh, for the good old days, for multiplication of fish and bread when uh, we didn't get any Anonymous letters. He took it all. Oh, for the. He, and Jesus told him, He said, There's going to come a day when you're going to look back. Now, you fast forward back up here if you put your hand in the ground looking back, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. He says there's going to come a day when, when, when you're going to wish for those days and you're going to look back, you're going to be looking back. And he says this, and they will say to you, I don't know who these they are, but I got a feeling it's the distractions of life. I got a feeling it may be the same thing, the selfish thing, the sinful thing, the sorrowful thing, the shameful thing. They're going to say, look here, look here, look over here. Hey, let me get your attention right here. Let me distract you from the purpose of God for your life. And then I'll skip through some of this. And he gets down to verse 32. He said, Remember Lot's wife? Who? How I many of you know? That's stout stuff. If You put your hand to the plow and look back, you're just not fit. There's coming a day when you're going to want to look back and just say, oh, man, for the good old days. Don't remember the former things. Neither consider the things of old. Behold. Everybody say behold. I will do a new thing. Somebody say new thing. Tell your neighbor, you can't look back. You got to keep looking forward. You can't be distracted by life. And so I came to tell you all the way from Beaumont, Texas, I've got five minutes left trying to think of a story to tell. I don't want to waste any of this. I came to tell you. There is purpose and plan and vision and dream. It doesn't matter if you're 63 years old and had two stints put in your heart. God has a plan. Don't listen to all these voices that are distractions, Lynn. They're distractions to get us off base. There's plowing to do. It's time to plow. And As we move into this new year, we've got to set our face like a flint. You can't stumble into this thing. You don't accidentally arrive into the destiny of God and the purpose of God. You don't just, just, just you, know, uh, you know, rock, paper, scissors, and the new thing just pops up in your life. Amen. So today, how many of you would say, that this kind of gives me, ooh, that, man, remember Lot's wife, let's don't get distracted. And sadly, how many of you know some people that that has happened to them? They're no longer in ministry, stumbling around, Miss God's best for their life. I don't want that to be me. I'm never going to retire. Doesn't mean I might not change the way I do things. But God has a plan for all of us. Amen. Tell somebody don't look back. Don't look back. Don't get distracted. Put our hands to the plow. Amen. Let's stand up together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on. I don't know where you're coming out of, but come on out of that corner. Come on out of that that same thing. Come, come, come Come on out of that. Selfish thing, come on out of that sinful thing, come on, come on out of that sorrowful thing, and put on some 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 clothes of gladness and and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, come on out of that shameful thing and realize, hey, he took my shame on the cross for goodness' sake, picked me up as a bruised, battered and scarred, no good kid, and healed me, didn't he, Casey he saved me. And he called me and he's equipping me and he brought me to San Antonio, Texas to Destiny Church because he wants to pour in the oil and the wine. He found me bleeding and dying on the Jericho Road and I will not sing it, Paul. And he poured in the oil and the wine. Let's all lift up our hands and just receive a little oil and wine. Holy Spirit of God. Come on now. This may be your moment right here. I got a minute and a half. Come on, this may be your, Lord, pour in the oil and the wine, Lord, and take this bruised fruit, Lord. Take this broken life, Lord. Take this uh, mess up, Lord. And, Father, heal us, help us, and put us back to, to, to the business of plowing the kingdom field, Lord God, for the seed of the word of God, for the harvest of God, for goodness sakes. Lord, we thank you for it today. We receive it, Lord Jesus, in our lives. Hallelujah! Who? Let's give the Lord of Glory some praise this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah! Woo! Thank you, Jesus.